Learning for Life at Gustavus is produced by J.J. Aiken and Matthew Dobosensky of the Gustavus Office of Marketing. Will Clark, Senior Communications Studies major and videographer at Gustavus, who also provides technical expertise to the podcast, and me, your host, Greg Castor. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Gustavus Adolphus College. Joining me today is Professor Eric Vrooman of the Gustavus English Department. Eric directs our Outstanding Campus Writing Center and is the award-winning author of numerous short stories published in such venues as Dream City Review, Passages North, and the Kenyon Review, to name just a few. Among his awards are grants from the Minnesota State Arts Board and the Jerome Foundation. In addition to leading the Writing Center, Eric also teaches courses in creative writing at Gustavus. Welcome, Eric, and it's great to have you. Thank you. Great to be here, Greg. Thanks. Um, why don't we start, since I'm a historian, I like to start with people's pasts, of course, and tell us a little bit about how you came to be what you are, which is not just a writing instructor, but a but an active uh, writer as well. Yeah, so I, you know, I um, my path is not similar to many uh, academics. I um, was an English major at Carleton, mm. and as a friend once said, you know, her dad, as an English major, would ask her, are you going to open up an English store? <laughs> and that wasn't really an option. Yeah. So I took a job in a bookstore for a year. Yeah. I worked in a liter- I mean, um, a law firm for a year yeah. as a legal assistant. And I, I'm glad that I did that because a lot of English majors go right into law school and then learn the work of lawyering isn't quite what they had hoped. And that, that was the case for me. And then I spent five years working at a, as a, um, in a literary agency in Minneapolis, selling books to, or selling manuscripts to publishers in New York. And I did that for about five years. And that, I learned a lot about the business of publishing there. And that was all after Carleton, right? That was what? After Carleton, after you graduated? You were doing, yeah. 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 I taught in the summer writing program at Carleton a couple of summers, but um, and I evaluated, te- you know, written answers to standardized tests. I did a lot of different things revolving around writing, volunteering for Gray Wolf Press as a reader. Mm-hmm. But it was really that job as a, a literary agent um, and working with some professionals in the industry to, that gave me a sense of, of the market at large. And then I decided, you know, I as much as I like working with authors on their books, I didn't like selling. And so I thought, you know, I, I prefer writing to, to selling. And so I went to uh, grad school in um, UNC Wilmington uh-huh. and worked with, my plan was to work with Kevin Canty, who was a short story writer I really admired. Mm-hmm. He left before I got there, but it was, it was still, a, it was a good decision. Um, and then after I graduated from uh, UNC Wilmington with an MFA, I started teaching at Gustavus, uh, and then, but also maintaining a strong presence as a freelance writer and editor. Mm-hmm. I've written or co-written a number of books, blog posts, strategic plans, just a wide range of materials as a right. editor. Interesting. What about um, as, a, as a kid, like before you wound up in college or went to college, was writing on the horizon at all? Were you doing any kind of writing? Yeah, I always, I mean, I always, that was where I sort of most enjoyed school was in, mm-hmm. in reading and, and in writing and, and yeah. particularly fiction writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the MFA level, does one specialize in a particular kind of writing? Did you, were you 
particularly uh, interested in short story writing, it sounds like. Is that what you were doing? Or you, you Yeah, just... although my thesis there was a novel. It was based huh. upon a, you know, a conceit that I had sort of developed in a screenwriting class. Um, and it was, it, you know, I think it failed as a novel, um, but I learned a lot from the process. It was mm-hmm. like, imagine what would happen if, there was a buyback clause to the Louisiana purchase. Oh, yeah, I did. Talk, right. And the French were allowed to buy back one state, and they chose Minnesota. Excellent. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun to write. Um, I think comic novels are difficult to sustain, but it was, I, I did learn a lot from the process. Well, we historians call counterfactual history. <laughs> right. And I, I do like speculative fiction, I mean, in terms of what I choose to read and, and yeah. write. Great, thank you. What um, why should students care about writing? I you you teach writing, and you that I I mean, so often I'll hear from a student, not just at Gustavus, where I've taught before, Boston University. You know, well, writing isn't my thing, <laughs> or I just I just don't write well. What do you say to a student like that? You know, we get that a lot, and so I'm I'm always as the writing center director anticipating, you know, what barriers might be to students coming and seeking help. And so one of the main ones is that it's, they consider themselves bad writers. Yeah. And, you know, there is no such thing as a bad writer. Like there is, you know, better and worse writing, but sort of defining yourself as a bad writer is often in, in out a defense mechanism, right? You've writing is often personal in nature. And so when, you are graded poorly or it's received poorly, you're writing, you often feel that sort of bodily, that it's it's really a criticism of you personally. Sure. So it's easier just to say, you know what, I'm a bad writer. I don't have to own what I've written, but, but writing is thinking. And so it's important, you know, you are, you can be a good thinker and, and still be a struggling writer and that's where we'd like to think that you can help it by building your confidence, right? Writing is a confidence game. I say that quite a bit. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great answer, which I will be uh, not plagiarizing, but using with attribution, like the way a good writer should. I love that, that there's no such thing as a bad uh, writer. What, um, and that's the other thing. I mean, this idea that's, that, which I assume you don't agree with that one is either born a good writer or, or uh, I, I, I find that, in my own my own case, and with students I work most closely with, writing is just a lot of work. Um, it's not necessarily there may be some innate talent, maybe, but but it's just it's a lot of work. Even the few, yourself included, the few professional writers I know and speak to about writing, it's a grind, right? I mean, and and but I really enjoy that the the fine work of, of revision. Yes, same here. I, I mean, if you do it for a book, you often are so tired of pages and the words that you know when when authors go on speaking tours like they're they're excited about their new project not that not the book because you know in some ways they want to put that to bed Um, but yeah no it's a it's a real grind and you have to work your way through it and I I think there are people that have more creativity or it it comes a little bit more easily to them but it is it's it's the amount of words and pages you write yeah and I think what you said about writing is thinking. Those two are, uh, are not, not, not one comes after the other or, or before the other. I, I, I completely when I was a literary agent, I'd often get, not often, but I remember a handful of times where I was 
told that from um, a prospective author that, you know, I've got this great idea for a novel. Mm -hmm. I'll give you 50%. I'll, you know, all you have to do is write it. <laughs> and that's the kind of person who doesn't understand that it really it's in the writing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that there is no such thing as it just writes itself. Right. You actually have to get through the grind. What about the writing center itself? What, um, well, how do you see its role at Gustavus? What, if anything, is distinctive about it? I mean, lots of schools have writing programs. Uh, I know when I was hired at Gustavus in 86, uh, it wasn't long before that that the writing program had been featured in the New York Times, which impressed me. But it's been a long time since then, obviously. So maybe a little bit, too, about how the writing program has evolved in, in your time. Sure. And so there, it's important to distinguish the two. The writing program is run by uh, Becky Fremo. I'm the writing center director. I participate in the Writing Across the Curriculum Committee. Um, but they are two, two separate positions. Um, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we work in tandem quite often. And Becky, I inherited the Writing Center from Becky. And she helped develop, I think, the, the ethos of the Writing Center, which is um, – and I it's become a very special place for writing center tutors. Um, we got, I think 40 applications this year and about that many last year to become wow. tutors for, for just 10 to 12 spots. Wow. That's terrific. We do interviews. We do take writing samples and applications. We take, we, you know, we get nominations from professors and current tutors and seek out, um, you know, who they think would be strong tutor, uh, tutor, um, potential tutors. Right. But I think, you know, that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, we have, I think 12 different majors represented now and two international students are tutors. Mm -hmm. We like to think of ourselves as uh, representing the whole Gustavus community, not just the English department. That's yeah. somewhat distinctive. A lot, a lot of programs try to try to hire tutors from other disciplines, but don't get quite the balance that we've managed to get, which mm -hmm. has been great. And part of it, that comes from, Strong writing across our campus. You know, biology has a, a great writing instruction program. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, so some of the tutors are are from the sciences or natural sciences, not not just humanities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, our you know the three current team leaders we have right now, um, Rebecca Stephanie, Eli Dotson, and uh, Evie Duran. You know, they come from poli sci and. Um, computer science and biology. Um, so it's, it's quite a range. That's excellent. I have to say, I, I've taught maybe at three at two other institutions uh, as a as a graduate student. And the, the writing at Gustavus uh, overall, I think actually, especially in, in more recent years, is really quite strong uh, among, among first year students. Oh, yeah. there's, always, there's always room for improvement. There's always room for the writing center. <laughs> and I certainly refer refer students there. Um, well, we, we work with a lot of FTS classes and yes. you know, I think every, for the last three sure. years, the number of FTS tours that we do has grown. I think we had 15 or 16, about roughly half of the FTS classes came in to visit with us. Right. I know I said just sort of, again, making, uh, demystifying what we do, making it clear that we work with writers of all abilities. The tutors themselves work with each other and counsel each other. Like writing is never done perfectly. There's always room for improvement. And, right. you know, we we pride ourselves on an asset-based um, disposition towards writing, that we, we, we see multilingual writers as having 
uh, assets that that single lingual students simply do not, right? They have more words. They have more flexibility with language. They better understand structure. It's not mm-hmm. just unconscious. It's conscious. Um, so, you know, we, we learn a lot from each other and from, and from our, our clients. We don't presume that it's, it's a, a one-way street where we offload our expertise yeah. on, on the client. And that, that certainly fits with the, well, with the liberal arts ethos and, and even within our discipline of history where it's much more now about, as I tell my students, I'm not coming in to dump facts over your head. I, you know, it's a workshop. We're going to work out with materials. That's all terrific. What about, um, what, what are some of these, so talk a little bit about your own, your own teaching. I've had the privilege of sitting in on a couple of your classes. I, I'm always amazed at your patience and great uh, insights into what the students are presenting. But what are, what are some of the rewards and challenges of teaching creative writing anywhere, especially at a place like Gustavus, a liberal arts college? Yeah, so I, I love teaching at Gustavus. I mean, I love, um, my favorite class is the intro to creative writing class to teach. That's the, one I sat in. Yeah. What's that? That's the one I sat in on, I believe. Oh, yeah. Um, and the reason why I like it is we, we cover a number of different, different genres. And so we're always mm-hmm. moving from one genre to the next. We're seeing this sort of interconnectedness in ways that some genre, genres borrow or overlap with others. You start with a, the biggest form, the short story. For us, anyway, and then move to short, short stories, and then to poems, mm-hmm. with a, with an eye towards how can we write more concisely? How can we make each word count by the time oh, we get music to my ears? <laughs> yeah, and then we, and then the last thing that they normally do this year is a little ex- exception because of the coronavirus, but they do a one act play which they write collaboratively and then perform mm-hmm. um, at the end. Yes. They perform it uh, in front of just fellow students or anyone? Largely our class, but sometimes they invite friends. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's informal. I don't expect them to be polished actors. They're, uh, but it's a fun way to sort of get to learn that how difficult it is sometimes to write collaboratively. And that's a skill that I think is important for students to learn. But also um, the pleasure in sort of, you know, sort of seeing the words jump from the page to the stage. Yes, that's cool. That's great. I didn't know about that. What about, um, you mentioned the COVID and here we are teaching as virtually all schools are in this country and other countries online. What are, what are, uh, how are things going? First of all, what what has changed in, in your, in your teaching of necessity? What seems to be working well? Yeah. So there are a couple of things. One, we really had to adjust on the fly as a writing center. We, we really um, enjoyed working side by side with students and then in-person presence. Yeah. Now all of our tutoring is happening off, I mean, online. And so we have asynchronous and synchronous options for, for students. We, uh, we had 15 writing center tutors and all work study students were, were told that their contracts would be honored or largely honored. That's terrific projection projected hours um and so the tutors did not have to come work for the rest of the semester they were going to get paid regardless right all 15 of our tutors are tutoring Um, that's terrific and i'd really like to thank dean elizabeth kubek for coming up with uh, at least a little bit of a a bonus of 0.25 credit for their work right that's Mm -hmm. that's an extra incentive that means a lot for some some of the tutors yeah that's terrific how about the actual teaching? Are you are you finding 
<laughs> much has changed or what has changed, what's remained the same as you teach creative writing online, which I suppose happens in normal times quite a bit. And there must be a lot of online writing programs, yeah. whether it's bogus For sure. or not. For sure. And, and I've, I've, I had some hesitation and fear hmm. that we wouldn't be able to do the synchronous stuff, the, the video yeah. chats like this, the, the Google Hangouts. Right. That's worked for most students. You know, I have one student who is in Jordan and was in quarantine for more than two weeks. And for him, that's been a real struggle. He's able to watch the videos of the classes that we've held. Huh? We also are doing some asynchronous options to using Moodle forums. I think there are, is participation in using chats, using forums, posts. I think we're getting roughly the same amount of, of student interaction. Mm -hmm. That's and the workshop model is has gone pretty well, I think, with the yeah. video uh, live chats. I'm finding I, I'm finding the same. I, my most of my history colleagues are not doing synchronous and for listeners synchronous means in real time as it's happening uh i'm doing more of that and and enjoying it as as we are here i get to see the students and you know i find uh, basically this the students who are quiet are still sort of quiet maybe a little less so uh now that it's not in person but yeah so far so good um to wrap this up which i always hate doing because it's fun to talk with you um what about uh tips for young writers what are your what are what are eric ruman's top three hmm. or five <laughs> or, or one <laughs> Tip. you know i i I'll, I'll go into that i, I did want to mention one thing and that's that um with the writing center and the way that Gusta you know at gustavus i think there's a there's a, a desire to do service work we found a way at the Writing Center to do that this year okay. with working with the Lesseur County Jail and Josh Obermole there, huh. the program director. That's and we were doing monthly workshops with the inmates there. And those were phenomenal, both for the tutors and for me and for, and for the um, participants. We had on, on our first night, there were, we, had, we got six guys on a Sunday night. It was the night of a Packers playoff game and they chose wow. to be with us rather than to be there. And so I think there's there's a desire for all, all of us, many of us, and I've done, I've worked with um, Andrea Smith and her Chautauqua workshops at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Shakopee too, uh, for the past three or four years. And um, that's now suspended because of fears of, of COVID, right? Transmission. So yeah. that, it's really unfortunate, but you can see in working with that population and, you know, I've taught at the loft in Minneapolis with students ranging from 17 to 80 years old. Huh. Um, there's a desire to express ourselves creatively, right? Mm -hmm. To tell stories that goes back as far as we can recall. Um, so I think, you know, there's a storyteller in all of us, right? And we love to have an audience. We love to make people laugh. We like to make them sort of trigger all emotions. So I think, you know, you what you typically hear in writing workshops is write what you know, or um, you know, write to explore. You know, fill a gap or fill, write something that you would like to to read that isn't that you aren't able to find out there. Right? Yeah. Like, those are all great pieces of advice. But I, I do think just the simple act of writing is both an act of creation, exploration, and 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 thinking. Right? It helps us better process. So who we are, where we're going, and um, and it's also a diversion too. 
which is good in times like these. No small thing in times like these. (laughs) Excellent, excellent points all. Thank you so much. Uh, This has been fun. Also, I I will try to link, if it's okay with you, we can talk afterwards. Maybe one of your short stories if people listening to the podcast want to want to read one of those or or more if you like and maybe even have you come back and read one i I thought of that too so thank you eric great work much appreciated by faculty and students take good care thanks greg